I was falling apart Wondering how I'll make it better And where to start It was just too much for me Hello to Self-Formation, the podcast for your personal revelation. Today I have in episode two, June Lichty Adamson with me. She has a juice shop and the best is you're going to introduce yourself and tell about yourself. Hi, Annette. My name is June Lichty Adamson. I started in 2017 with a pop-up to bring cold-pressed juice and smoothies and healthy treats to my town of Bildien, where I live since 24 years. And now I've changed my business a little bit and I have a just production and I'm delivering primarily to businesses and private residences. Okay, so you've done also smoothies and treats. Tell me about that. Well, I'm kind of a... I, I grew up also when I went to college and everything, I, I used to go get smoothies all, all the time as maybe a substitute for a lunch or something once in a while because it's so hot in Southern California where I come from. And um, the interesting part is when you can add in, for me, when you can add in kind of adaptogenic things or add in some Corella or some Reishi or add in a little bit that just gives you, that supports your body a little bit longer and helps you in different ways. So I do love making smoothies. I try not to, it is kind of like a sweetie treat kind of a thing sometimes, but I try to make up for that part with adding in some healthy things as well. And, you know, just not ever adding any sugars other than the fruit or dates or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever coconut or something like this to make it kind of nice. Okay. So in this case, you're not doing the smoothies anymore in your, um, Juni juice. I am doing them now. Actually, okay. I send out like a weekly menu to my clients, which has always two different kinds of juices seasonally. And then there's always a smoothie of the week and then uh -huh. ginger shots. So the smoothie of the week changes also seasonally a little bit, of course. And then I always make sure to have one kind of a special little thing in there like cinnamon or maca or reishi or spirulina or something like this and yeah I, I have a lot of clients that really like that as well yeah you've told me previously that you're a very big fan of um, funguses right yes Do you want to <laughs> tell me a little bit about your experience with uh, mushrooms I'm wondering why I even got how I even got introduced to that I think it was quite some years ago and in Southern California where I'm from, there are several kind of health food stores that are, they're very interesting to go to, especially in the vitamin department. Because if you go to, you go there and you say like, well, I'm looking for something to treat this or to help my immune system. Somebody that's really interested and excited always is kind of there to help. And they, they kind of give you a little lesson about things once in a mm -hmm. while. And I don't, I think that I had it introduced to me as kind of a, immune boosting option to take for once I had a cold or something like think I think it started like this. And then I started um, taking reishi, I think in the beginning, and I thought, well, this is really nice. I, I like what it's doing. And then I picked up a couple books. And um, while well, that went 
much deeper. There, there are just so many things. To, there are so many elements to mushrooms that are really interesting, I think, also on a spiritual level that kind of do work uh, on your body or for you or for your psyche while, while you don't even really recognize it. It's not psychotropic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can yeah, do yeah. those things, but it's not. And then I had a, I had a cousin who had stomach cancer. And then I really started kind of trying to do a little bit more research and trying to talk her into taking it. And so I found out a little bit more information about how it can help with certain kinds of cancers and stuff like Mm -hmm. this. And, and so my interest just, just grew and grew. And in between, I tried taking different kinds and for different things. Like now I'm taking one for a brain, like lion's mane, Mm -hmm. because I just noticed like I get a little bit foggy in the mornings and stuff. And I thought, okay, I need some support there. And Maybe when I want to have some more energy, I'll have like cordyceps and reishi mix or something. And um, I don't know. I just like, I yeah. like taking taking them, but I like switching off too. Yeah. The mushrooms are amazing because we use them as well in Chinese medicine. They've got the older, the Chinese names. Right. Um, and cordyceps in particular, you said like they don't have psychedelic effects, but they do do something in that field. If we just think for a second about what, how mushrooms are uh, growing and how they affect the whole earth, without mushrooms, no trees, right? So, yeah, and it's a it's whole incredible. network. It's absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our nervous system. Our nervous system works exactly the same way. So, if we eat something that has a similar growth or a similar picture of how it grows, obviously, it's going to do something in us. That is also it resonates with our bodies, Absolutely. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is not a plant, and it's not a animal, right? It's a, yeah. something uh, in betweener. Yeah. But cordyceps has a, a very interesting thing because I use cordyceps a lot with uh, clients who are not able to go into their trauma or don't want to talk about like, like everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. We had a collected, contented family, mm-hmm. but you feel uh, something is going. So I work with the cordyceps and it's not like boom now you have to talk and though everything is breaking up just very subtly it opens up and they start to it's it's like supporting the the journey exactly that's so what, what's so interesting about them I think it's kind of like putting a little helper in your body yeah and it's not like a, a medication or something that's going to say this is what I'm targeting. This is exactly what I'm going to do. It's like you take it and then your body goes, okay, I need to use this for to aid this part that needs to be, needs some help or needs to be out in the open or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that little part of it that feels kind of magic also makes it like exciting for me somehow. Like it's just really, I don't know how it works, but it it does. And and it's going to maybe help me to reveal things or heal things that I didn't even know were, were, were there. Yeah. We could even maybe say that the normal non-psychedelic mushrooms have a little bit of a, it's like a key for an opening for us without being psychedelic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I think so too. I think it's a, yeah, I, I think, I think it will come more and more that people introduce that. I have a holistic vet. And my dog had some problems with their bladder a couple of years ago. And I kept taking her to the normal vet and they gave her antibiotics over a couple mm. of years. And I thought, 
it's just not working. She kept having some blood in her urine and I changed to this holistic vet. And along with some other things, he prescribed her reishi and cordyceps. And I had to give it to her every day for quite a long time. And she did have some kind of tumor stuff in her bladder that they were worried might be cancerous. And after six months, everything went away. Wow. Amazing. Was it the mushrooms or not? I don't know, but I'm happy to give them to her. You know, (laughs) I think, I think I really believe in that stuff. And I still give her now I have like a a powder for dogs that has mushrooms in it. That's just her. So I think it, it will become something a little bit more normalized when people see the benefits. Absolutely. So you're putting the reishi or whatever into the smoothie or into the juice? No, I put this just into the juice because I have like a reishi Ah. powder um, that I put into the smoothies because I try with the juices to keep them a little bit more basic. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I I have some juices in the fall that with pumpkin and maca and cinnamon and stuff, but otherwise I try not to add too much. Now, You have not been always in your life (laughs) a juice maker. You said you started 2017. What did you do before and what brought you, what brought you to Switzerland, which is also a huge change and to Biel of all places, right? Small place. And what made you go into juice making? Okay. A long story. I'll try to make it short, but I um, studied I was in college in Southern California and I studied political science and I finished my bachelor degree and uh, was really unsure about what I wanted to do in the future. If I wanted to go back to school, get a master's, or if I wanted to start working in a field that I realized I was not interested in working in at all. (laughs) So um, I, I went for a three month backpacking trip around Europe, went to 11 countries I lost my travel mate, not she didn't <laughs> pass away or anything, but we didn't get along like just a couple of weeks into the trip. So I ended up doing it by myself. And I was 25. Okay. When I think about it now, I'm like, what? No phones. I just went around, but I had my train pass and I had a book mm-hmm. we had to look through with all the hostels in it. So that really was a, a key experience for me. It just really opened my mind. And I was just so curious about the world and realize there's so much more out there than just where I came from, although it's nice, but maybe I just end up sitting on the beach if I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. go out and see. So I ended up coming um, over. Uh, I found a back over, sorry, I went back and then I found a job as an au pair in Beale in Evillard, which is just up the hill, hill from Beale, Switzerland and a family of four and a half um so far four and a half they had a dog I don't know why I said half four kids and there was a dog but so I I was an au pair in that family for two and a half years although I had planned to stay one year I ended up staying longer and then I met my ex-husband so then I ended up getting married and stayed really long Then in 2012, I decided to separate from my husband. So I, until then, I had been working as an office manager for his architecture firm, a job which I really liked as well. And I was translating on the side. I learned somehow how to translate French and German into English. Well, that's another part that I, I just kind of took on the languages um, easier than maybe some people would. And I didn't know that I could do that either. It was just kind of came more naturally to me. So. Okay. 
Spanish is my second language. So I picked up French and then I picked up Swiss German and the German. So I started doing translating because I just realized that, okay, it's something I can do. When I stopped the job at my ex-husband's firm, then I kept on translating. So I kind of did more translations over that time. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't know, I got became a little bit restless with it. Um, People often use kind of Google Translate or Dipple now, even though they're they're not like really good translations. People think they are and they don't know the difference sometimes. So I don't know, um, a lot of cheaper places from overseas people can go to. So it was hard to have like good continuous work. So I, I just really also just wanted to do something else that um, I'd always kind of thought of. I thought about it over the years many times, like oh, we don't have a smoothie place here. We don't have a juice place. And I missed having that. So mm-hmm. Once I decided just to sit down and start writing down my ideas. And for me, the key was like that it was really flowing and it wasn't like I was stopping and saying like, oh no, that's not possible or anything. It was just like grew and grew and grew. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh wow, this is maybe something. So I, I went to like a, a coach, kind of a business coach. Mm-hmm. And I presented my my work or my ideas and then said, what do you think? And she said, I think you really have something here. So I took the chance and opened this little pop-up together with a, with a colleague who restores really nice furniture. So it was kind of like a really cool furniture shop mixed with the juice bar. That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. We had nice Mm -hmm. clients coming in and looking for furniture and having a little juice and yeah, it was, yeah. Are you still in the same place or? No, it was just a pop-up. It was just for five months. And um, I did enjoy it a lot, but I think that it was hard to be there every five days a week like that. Mm -hmm. Because when it's Saturday and it's sunny, lots of people were out. You were busy all day, but then suddenly it's November, it's Mm -hmm. raining and nobody wants to come have smoothies. (laughs) So yeah, I think it was very... It was a good experiment and I learned a lot and I liked it, but I don't think I'd like to have a shop in that capacity again, unless mm-hmm. I were in a position that I could have somebody run it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's a whole different thing. And it you have to have it in a good place where there's yeah. people could put their bikes right in front or even their cars or walk, just walk by. And yeah. there are a lot of factors to making something like that work. That is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should mention here that June is my editor for my newsletters. So if you need someone good, and if June has good <laughs> capacity next to her juicing, she really translates my English. I'm writing in English, yeah? <laughs> but she translates it into proper English very, very nicely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It's something that I do enjoy still. It's like just using a different part of my brain and stuff like that, that I really like. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something going on there with that process that I really like doing. So it's good that I get to work with you. It's connecting, like um, communication is connecting people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's like that kind of, uh, it's like a network. And what I'm trying to do, because you've already written English, but I have to think like, what is she trying to say? <laughs> what is she, how does she want to say? And what's the best way that I can express what's yeah. really going on in, in her mind and her intentions. And that, that part's really neat because it takes, it's, a, it's intuitive, you know? And so I like yeah. also connecting with that. And I really like how you kind of understand <laughs> me. 
And the next one is almost ready. Okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> What is your connection to plants, juice? Are you, I think, yeah, you are vegetarian, right? I'm pescatarian. Or pescatarian, yeah. Have you always been pescatarian or when did you stop eating meat and what is the motivation behind there? I, I didn't grow up in a household where we ate tons of meat anyway, but I think I am the only person in my family that doesn't eat meat. I was about eight, I was about 18 and I had previously had a couple years of like a little bit of bulimia and stuff like that. And I was just not confident and didn't feel good. And I decided to get healthy, like try to just be as healthy as I can. And so I started, I joined a gym and um, just wanted to start eating well. And there was a trainer that just said, okay, you want to drop some body fat, maybe just for a week, maybe just don't eat any meat and see if it makes a difference for you, just as a kind of like the little experiment. And then I thought, well, I can do that for a week. And then after a week, I was kind of like, well, I'm just a little longer. It's I don't really miss anything. And honestly, at that age, I was like 18. I was When I ate meat, it was probably like a burger or something. It wasn't mm -hmm. anything that was like, uh, you know, like lamb or I don't know, something that could be probably okay. pretty healthy yeah. or exp yeah, expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I, I just kind of kept on. And I remember the last thing that I, that I did eat was um, from red meat was a Jack in the box hamburger. Jack in the box is an American chain of fast food. And I was okay. with a bunch of friends and somebody brought over those burgers. And, and then I just looked at it and I thought, what is this? What is this? It just, the look of it is just, uh, I thought, no, okay. You don't need to eat this stuff anymore. So I, I stopped with that. And then I still kept eating chicken and poultry and stuff like that for a couple of years. Um, and then on my backpacking trip, when I came down, I had mm -hmm. a friend living in France and that was my first time, well, other than Mexico, but really going to a market. And I had offered to cook a, a roast, a chicken dinner. And I got to the market and then there were like, bird, you know, the birds with the feathers and you, you really see what it looks like. It's not like in the market and packages where you just see yeah, like yeah. the nicely prepared chicken breast. It was like there were, they were real animals. I was kind of like, oh, okay. And I did prepare that dinner, but that was the last time that I ate chicken. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> I also had an experience. We were in a in a camp, and they, I think they really traumatized us. If I like think back, maybe I was 13 or something like that, and the butcher came and he cut off the heads in front of us, and the chickens still ran. No, oh. like okay, that's it. And it took me like I'm. I do eat chicken now again since I'm married since about uh, 11 years. But very like not so often, and I go like oh, yeah. <laughs> and you at least I do it organic. Yeah, yeah, I do think about this experience. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think it, that it changed for me. Also, I started out initially just wanting to be healthier and kind of see what I could do at, at that point, and then it changed to something more about um, realizing that it's an animal and. And 
I think for me, it's a very personal thing. I don't have any problem with anybody having meat around me or if I sit down to dinner and someone it's cause it's not my body, it's their choice and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just, for me, it's just a personal choice and it's, it's not better or worse. It's just for me better, or I feel like it's better for me, but I think that there, there are also a lot of benefits to people having meat, like I'm sure that you eat, which is like coming from somewhere really good and it's organic and stuff like that obviously has some health benefits as well. But um, I just chose to try to find my nutrients, my protein or whatever that is in another way. Well, and you do your fish. So that's already good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I can just say my body likes it. Yeah. So I do, in my uh, practice, I do also consider the um, blood types. Blood types have got a lot to do with what you should be eating, what you are more likely to digest well. And so the O types are the ones who are supposed to eat at least a little bit of animal protein somewhere. (laughs) And I'm an A type, so I'm supposed to eat more fish like what is flying and what is swimming. And okay. once in a while, like for example, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I went once to eat with my mom uh, Argentinian meat and it was stuck for the whole week. I didn't touch because it didn't even go down. Oh, no. With my son, it was different. There I um, digested a lot better meat, but I'm not the one like chicken fish. This is what I do. No, not on a daily basis, obviously, we're more, I grew up vegetarian, vegan vegetarian. So for 20 years, I okay. didn't know anything else than that. And then I got slowly. Oh, wow. introduced. Okay. And I have ve- still vegan times where I, my body just tells me, no, I cannot handle anything. I do not do any dairy because I get mm-hmm. really quickly a result after that. Like fondue is an example. <laughs> yeah. I eat fondue. Say no more. <laughs> I have the next day I have sinusitis full on. So it's not worth it for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm listening to my body. But as for organic, we are like very lucky. There is a farm just up the street from us. And when you go to their website, they are since 95 or 85, I can't remember. They, it's a bio farm and they also bring school classes there to educate them about farming and stuff. And they are treating their animals only with homeopathy and they haven't used since 95 or 85 any antibiotics on their animals. So it's purely organic. And the meat from there is really a different league. It's obviously also very expensive, but they're not pushing. And the eggs there, oh my God, those eggs are huge. And the yolks Mm -hmm. are really, really almost dark orange I would say and it's uh, oh, wow. really good quality amazing <laughs> own choices of um, what to eat but if you eat eat as organic and as close to your body needs as um, possible and seasonal and unprocessed right oh, yeah mean, absolutely that's why I think it's also becoming very in for people to be vegan now and a lot of young mm-hmm. kids are they're like in their twenties and they want to try veganism, but they're, they're also eating all this processed food. And I'm like, I don't think that's better than the meat, you know, all this fake chicken. And I mean, I can, I could see it. Something being good is like kind of a bridge to weaning yourself off eating that stuff. But I think 
that there's so many interesting vegetables and grains and I don't know what else, the legumes and everything that you can eat. And it's about, I think it's better to learn how to use those things instead of just substituting the meat with some fake chicken, which is whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. The the argument I hear a lot in the practices, yeah, but I'm reading in the back and it's only pea protein and water or something. I said, like, yeah, well, but it's pre-protein. If you want to have a pea, if you want to have the pea protein, eat a pea. Take in the (laughs) evening. If you want a snack, take frozen peas out of the freezer, especially in this heat, it's great. (laughs) And nibble (laughs) on that. This is fibers, protein, it's green. You have the actual thing. And you process it by chewing it and in incorporating it into your body. Don't have it processed by a fabric, a derivative of something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I think I've, I've never been in such a plant, but I'm just imagining how many flavorings they put on and all of the different machinery. I mean, how different that is to having a home cooked meal that you can make with your hands at home. Absolutely. It's just not same you, you'll digest it differently it won't it won't your body's not going to welcome it as much exactly it's also what i say like reconnect i mean i have this uh, the self-formation program reconnect with yourself with your food with what you need and with the food meaning like you want to have a gluten-free bread don't go to a store and buy yourself a gluten-free whatever because then read first what is in there uh, if i tell the clients don't do the sugars what is in there Rice flour and corn flour, which is sugar again. Take yourself, yeah. take your hands and take the um, make yourself a dough by yourself. I'm a Thermomix <laughs> um, fan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I'm doing, I do now also product, the seed cycling crackers, the ones for the first uh, part of the cycle and crackers for the other side of the cycle or other things. So I made myself soy milk. Sorry, I'm going to cut that. Uh, I, I oh, you made, made your own soy milk? Yeah, and it's so different oh, wow, in taste. Cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I bet. And the mm. Thermomix has got those uh, devices like to a simmering basket or something where you can just sieve it through or I do my own butter. It's very rare. Look this at is you. very interesting. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting that you, wow. cannot, <laughs> that you cannot get organic cream very easily. If you go go once really? to to uh, Copper Micro, <clears throat> you have organic butter. You've got organic uh, cheeses and cream cheeses and blah 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 blah. But you do not find big amounts of like full cream. Full cream, yeah. Yeah. This is very. Yeah, I guess I don't really buy it that anymore. I, I I'm not against it. If I could have it, I would drink it. <laughs> but it, my body doesn't like dairy that much either. If you have, like you said, you're making it yourself. I'm sure your body accepts different. the butter more or whatever if you make it. Exactly. For sure, right? It has different consistency. And then I have a client, she um, lives close to a farm and she gets from the farmer there the allowance to cut nettle, stinging nettle. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she told me about it and I said, you know what, just next time you come, bring me some. So she brought me two bags, huge bags with nettle. And I made um, a quiche where the flour was out of nettle and nettle bread. Oh, wow. And nettle butter. So the butter it's from scratch. Yeah. Nettle is very high in antioxidants. It's a leafy, dark leafy green, which contains a lot of folate and iron. 
Very good for the bladder system. So you can give, give that, for example, to your dog as well. Mix it in. If you have a good blender, blend in, or you can do nettle juice. Nettle juice is amazing for bladder and I think immune I'm... system system. And stuff. how do you hand you put gloves on and after yeah. you do after you process it, it doesn't sting anymore? No, then it doesn't sting. <laughs> I'm so scared. Yeah. I hate getting stung by that stuff. <laughs> I mean to tell you that when I I mean the thermomix is great, right? It tells you everything. Take gloves and then do that and so on. So wow. I did that. I did uh, plastic gloves to transfer them into the pot or whatever. But one net leaf was really a very aggressive one and he stung me into through the two gloves that I had on like oh my really God. yeah and it lasted like for 24 hours that I had this little bump it's but really strong it's really strong, strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's amazing how you can make flour out of it you know I didn't know that isn't it really good for um allergies uh, allergies will help yeah. be against hay fever and stuff like that well, it is a very it it very much reduces um, cytokine storms in the bloodstream. So probably over that route, it is anti-allergic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it is. I've as read I that said, somewhere before. Yeah. Once. Okay. You can give it to people who have. You can buy in the health food store. You can buy like a little little tiny jar for a lot of money with stinging nettle seeds, which is mm-hmm. um, anti-allergic. Yeah, exactly. So that is anti-allergic and anti-hives. So people who have like rashes okay, and stuff like wow. that. And it is high, high, high. So for every woman, all the women and all the men as well who are anemic, it's very high in um, iron and vitamin C and vitamin C and iron obviously need to go together. Incredible. So yes. much in a, in a plant yeah, that mean, actually makes you feel like staying away, but it, <laughs> it has a lot in it once you cross the, overcome the threshold. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I mean, everyone drinks nettle tea once in a while, right? And there it doesn't yeah. sting anymore. Once it's dried. I, no, I drink tea. I drink yeah. nettle tea when I have allergies. Because like I said, I heard once okay. that it's good okay. again, like helps a little bit. Yeah, and, it's uh, cleaning the blood. So, uh, yeah, but they're dried. They're like leaves. And and then it doesn't sting anymore. Yeah. I was a little bit afraid that the fresh nettle leaves would sting in the butter, but they don't. Because the butter, the fat of it is... Uh, and it's, they also said to me, I need to knead the, yeah, need, the, yeah. Yeah, need the leaves in, in two towels until all the juice is kind of coming out. And then you put it yeah. into the mixer with the butter and it spins it and then they don't sting anymore. That's incredible. And it's very, it's very yummy. I must. And speaking of the flowers, because you mentioned you made flour out of it. Um, that's a good opportunity for me to ask you. So what are the flowers, the gluten-free flowers that you would recommend, because I did make muffins, which I'm really proud about um, with oat flour, with organic oat mm-hmm. flour. And I just put some berries and some walnuts inside and everything. And it's sweetened with maple syrup, but mm-hmm. not too much. It's actually not very sweet, but I like them in the morning because it just gives me more than if I grab a Gipfoli or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I was wondering what you think about oat flour. Oat flour, if it's gluten-free, if you do the gluten-free thing, then gluten-free is the best. I would do a mixture of different kind of flours just to get all the nutrients. And if you have a good mixture or a thermomix, <laughs> then you can grind it in the same, like to flour, and then you uh, prepare it immediately into a dough. 
Okay. What is the difference from buying a flour, ready-made flour in the store to making it yourself is the nutrient effect. You know, it's processed once again. Exactly. Not only the process, uh, the processed part, it is the, when you are picking a flower and putting it into the vase, how long does it last? Because it doesn't get the nutrients anymore. If it is whole, it's like many people tell me I've got flex, ground flex seeds. It's like you can chop them out. This is all the toxic omega-6, yeah. the ones that's yeah. not good anymore. Because yeah. who needs to grind the flex seed is your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> so you need to buy them whole, and then it goes into the healthy system. Yeah. And the same is with the flowers. So get if you can get the whole grains. Like buckwheat is very good. You can mm. take if you don't have any significant thyroid issues, then you can get um, soy, but organic soybeans, and then grind them down. Amaranth is okay, a very yeah. good one. There you have a lot of protein. Quinoa, you can make flour of quinoa. Oh wow. And millet. Millet is a very good one, especially high in zinc, uh, high in magnesium, and also in iron. And it has also a quite significant amount of protein in it. Actually, all those uh, four grains have got a lot of protein, including the oats. And what may be those pseudo grains, the amaranth, buckwheat, millet, quinoa, they are pseudo greens because they're actually pollen. Really? Yeah, they're actually pollen. And wow. most of them are from somewhere in South America, uh, yeah. Ecuador, Bolivia, whatever. Yeah. And so you see on the, if you, if you buy that in, in Migra, for example, or Alnatura, you have flour on the package. Um, on the package. Oh, wow. And the grain is the pollen. It's literally the pollen. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Look at that. So people who are allergic, who have allergies, maybe you remember that. Maybe you heard of that in America as well. When I was small, we were given pollen to immunize against uh, pollen allergy. And you can still, you can buy it in health food stores. It's like a big packet with pollen (laughs) of the flowers of Europe. And you eat that and um, you get like that immunized for the next um, season. So people who might have some other allergies, food sensitivities and so on, those soda grains are very healthy. But some people react to the lectins and so they need to be soaked beforehand if you eat it uh, like rice or right. something like that. Right. But if you do it into flour... You can take like a hundred gram of each, put them together, grind them. Or you could go probably to Migro or something and put it through the milling machine for coffee, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And then you make immediately flour with it and you have a really high protein, high fiber, very healthy bread. And yeah, you can do the maple syrup, by the way, has got very good, not ingredients, but it it has a good effect anti-cancerous. Oh, wow. I guess I, yeah, it it has like a low glycemic, uh, it's on lower on the level than some other things too. But, and I like the taste. Yeah. It's lovely. You don't need to use that much. No, it's already like quite sweet, you know, with a little bit. Absolutely. Oh, that's really interesting about the, the, these different greens and everything. I didn't realize it was a pollen and that you can, it's a good, it's really interesting also nutritionally to be able to mix those things together and 
turn it into something else. It's fun. It makes it more fun. And yeah, absolutely. And then if you want to have it a bit more sticky or a bit more fluffy, whatever, you can choose whichever ones are doing. So if you have, for example, only buckwheat, it becomes quite of a block. So right. buckwheat is the yeah. one that you use less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less of and more, for example, quinoa. If you want it more slimy, <laughs> more moist, <laughs> then it would be the ah, amaranth. That's right. It has a little bit of that sliminess to it. That's right. The amaranth, you can, yeah, exactly. Amaranth, you can make pudding with as a binder. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I have a bag and I've used it like once and I didn't know what else to do with it because I just cooked it like normal and I didn't find it that interesting. But I yeah yeah I gave it up. It has on a it. bit of a weird like a quaint taste. You need to get used to it and you need to know with amaranth to use double the amount of water. Mm-hmm. It's so tiny. You think like ah yeah whatever, but it soaks in enormously amount of water and then it becomes like yeah. a jelly. <laughs> really really well. <laughs> Okay. So to end this episode, very interesting episode, I would like to ask you to wish and order whatever you want for yourself and for your business. Well, I think with, with my business, I, I have a lot of fun. My clients love what I do, but I'm looking, I am looking to grow. I am looking for, if not an investor, just maybe a, a good a good partner also to to help me go further with my business and and be able to bring my juice and smoothies and all the the stuff that I make out to a wider audience in in Switzerland because I just think it has that potential and and uh, I'd really like to see even just people drinking more juice or having you know getting more into vegetables and getting more interested and excited about nutrition and yeah I'd I'd like to play a part in that in that movement. And bringing it back, if I may add a little extra something to it, bringing it back to the mushrooms and the connectivity, brain development and so on. The more tastes you feel, the more tastes you develop, the better your brain and all the organs are functioning. So get, I had the opportunity to taste your juices and they're absolutely, absolutely amazing. Oh, thank you. And so, such a pity that you live so far away. <laughs> do not deliver Next. yet to Zurich, yeah. Not yet, but it could come. Yeah. Perfect. No, the so, diversity in it, right? Mm-hmm. The flavors and the colors and everything. Yes, absolutely. So, and your yeah. uh, ginger shot as well. I will tell you next time I'm going to be in Zurich for sure. Perfect. Looking forward to that. And maybe I'll see around who else wants and we will get a bigger order from you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much, June, for being on self the podcast for your personal revelation. And maybe we will talk again. For sure. Thank you, Edna. Okay, bye. And now I know that I could change.